Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So, enjoy the episode. Oh, there we go, my favourite person, Viscount. How are you this evening? How can I help? Um, I've had a bit of fun since we last talked. Yes. Um... Uh, I went through the Form A um, that I found and I've seen that she's playing the um, domestic violence victim, which is what she put, which is what she put in the uh, reasonable behaviour. So she's not bothered to do any mediation. Yeah. Um, I've spoken with the court. They uh, said that they can't supply me with that information and that I should um, just go ahead and... Um, do what it asked me to do. So I'm a bit confused what, what to do. Um, I mean, if, if she has already filed um, a Form A, then you will have been served with that. The fact that you haven't been served with it tells me that you haven't. So I would just go ahead and file it anyway. I mean, look, it's, it's not going to hurt if you both do it because the court will amalgamate yeah. both the applications and hear them together. And um, regarding the, the Form G, yeah. um, if, if, if I haven't been able to swap information, yeah. do, I send, do I just send the Form A to the court and then... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you, you'll tell them that you were served late with the papers um, and as it, won't, it won't be an issue at all because, you know, you're not represented legally um, and you'll just right. tell them that you need a little bit more time for the forms and it will be fine, honestly. Don't, don't worry about it at all. Okay, and how do you about getting help to fill out this form given all the um, chronology and all the rest of it they want? So yeah, no, so nothing. yeah, just just one one step at a time. I, I would suggest don't get overwhelmed right. by it all. Start with the okay. form A, go through it. Yeah. Not every page will apply to you, um, so do yeah. what you can. Um, and then when you've finished with that, that's all the court need is the form A. You will give the right. other side your disclosure, um, but the court only needs your form A. All right. And um, the um, as well. No, no, no. You don't. You you don't. You don't need all of that, Viscount. If you're already doing a form A, that's because she has um, issued a form A. Okay, so you don't need you don't need your mediation certificate unless you're going to issue. Right, I see. So because she's gone down the road of domestic violence, alleged, um, made up. Then she's already done that for me. Yes, absolutely. Yep, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that at all. All right? Okay, lovely. Lovely. All right, thanks, Viscount. Bye-bye. It can be really daunting when you're representing yourself and you're trying to do a financial application. It can be really daunting. Um, And the thing that I say to everyone that represents themselves is just take it one step at a time. Just do your for me first, get that sorted, then maybe come back onto the Discord or onto the TikTok, ask another question, and we'll help you onto the next stage. Because there's a lot of paperwork when you're doing a financial application. Um, Fletch, you are next. What's your question? So what it is, basically, it's from my partner. Yeah. Um, he's got to the um, decree Nissa stage of yeah. his divorce. Yeah. Um, and he's now going to the decree absolute. Yeah. There is a marital home that's actually in his name, the mortgages. Yeah. And he's aware that because it's the marital home, he has got to divide the assets. Um, they've agreed now outside of court to what the assets will be um, but his solicitor has now told him that he's got a feeling of financial form is there any way that they can do um like do the agreement without going through all the other finances it depends what their agreement is if i'm completely honest with you um gen- mm. generally um you will have to do some sort of financial disclosure because if solicitors are involved we want to make sure the advice we give is accurate um and the mm. only way we know that is if we have had full financial disclosure from the other side so if solicitors are involved generally that's that's the process 
Right, okay. He's got a solicitor um, yeah. and his ex hasn't got a solicitor. Yeah. And obviously it's taken months and months and months to come to the agreement. Yeah. Um, and she's the one who's actually now said what she's agreeing to. So even though she hasn't got the solicitor, they still need to go through court and the court will decide if it's like justified the offer. Depends. It can happen in two ways. If the solicitor drafts an agreed consent order and sends it into court with both of their consent, then they won't need to attend court. But if they can't agree on the settlement, then yes, one of them's going to have to make an application for the court to help tell them how to divide the finances. Right, okay. So the solicitor just needs to um, write out an agreed consent order. Yes, if they're both in agreement, yes. Right, which they are. So okay. he doesn't need to, to pay because he's obviously spent quite a lot of money so far to get to this point. And now they've finally reached an agreement. He doesn't want to drag the process out anymore for either of their sakes. Right. But as I say, a solicitor won't just draft a consent order based on what people are telling them or telling us. We're going to want to yeah. make sure that it's fair and reasonable. We're going to do that by asking for a little bit of financial disclosure. Is that is that right. answering your question? I'm a little bit confused what the question is, yeah. if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. It was it's... just to say, um, you, you have answered it. It's just to Good. say that, you know, does he have to provide all of his finances and she has to provide all of hers for them to come to the agreement, even though they've come to the agreement. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah they do. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. All right. Okay, thank Thanks. you so much for your help. Okay, bye. Ali, you are next up. Brilliant. Um, my question is, I've been receiving the child benefit um, for my two children for a few years now. I've been divorced from my um, husband for nearly three years. And recently, he keeps harassing me for half of the child benefit, the £145 a month. Like the fact that... I pay for all the school trips. I pay for my daughter's dinner money when we have 50 care, even when she's with her father. And I just want to know where I stand with it, really. It's, it's a benefit question as opposed to a family law question. Um, so I think that's probably a better question for the benefits office. Um, I, I, I honestly wouldn't know. I mean, are the children spending equal amounts of time with both parents? Yes, they spend 50-50, although my daughter's refusing to go to her father's at the moment, so it is more I'm having my son 50-50, but not my daughter. Yeah. But I just, I was going to, I tried to ring a solicitor the other week who I did my divorce. Yeah. And they told me not to waste my money um, going to see them. I just don't, he's telling me that I'm disgusting for keeping the money, but I want to know whether I'm in the right to keep the money because I'm spending it. Yeah, yeah. I think the reason your divorce solicitor told you not to waste your money is because it's not a family law issue. So it's definitely a benefit issue. You're best off speaking to benefits to say, well, who should have this money then? Okay. Yeah. All right. right. Okay, bye. Uh, Trendy mummy. How are you? Um, so it's a quick question for you. Um, we've spoken previously about my children who are, um, are teenagers not having a relationship with dad for three plus years. Um, did the C100, went to court um, for a change of surname and it wasn't approved. I don't know if you can remember those. You speak to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, at that time, the court asked us to do, he didn't attend, he refused to speak to Kath. Um, the court asked us to do a separated parents course. They advised me that I could reapply um, after I'd done that course because the likelihood was that he wouldn't actually partake. I've since been informed, as because I rang the court to find out if he'd actually done it, that he would had submitted um, a pack, as they called it, of reasons why he shouldn't have to complete the separated parents course. Would they actually take that into consideration, bearing in mind he failed to attend and refused to speak to CAFCAS? Sorry, would they have to take what into consideration? Say that again. Would they actually look at the information that they've sent him in relation to why he shouldn't do the separated parents course seeing as he didn't attend and he refused to speak to CAFCAS? I don't, I don't see any reason why a parent wouldn't do the SIP, the separated yeah. parents um, course. No, uh, no. Okay, so this likelihood is that they'd just be told to get on with it then? Absolutely, absolutely they will. I mean, the fact that he won't do it is more reason that he'll be told to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. because he, that's he, what I thought. Yeah. So you think it would be worth me 
ringing the court again to find out if that's sort of being shipped down then and then because I'm going to have to do a new C100 form to open up another case. So you think it's worthwhile me... But hang on, but what... Hang on, why would you open up another case because of a mississip? Because they said... Because they refused the name change. Yes. They said that if he then failed to do the SIP... Yes. ...it would be further evidence... Um, to have the name changed. Girl's best interest. Further evidence to have the name changed. Yes. Right. And he's not interested. And then they closed your court. They they closed your case down. Yeah, they did. Should have yeah. should have left it open, really, because. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, in which case, yes, you're going to have to do another C100. That's a shame because you'll have to pay the court fee again. Yeah. I know, that's what I have, that's how I understand it. Okay, right. that's All right. brilliant. Thank you so okay. much for your help. Thanks, bye. Uh, Jessie White, you're next. What's your question? Hi there, I've spoken to you before a few times. Yeah. It was about my ex-partner and I remember the drug test that you asked me to do, asked me to get the hair strand drug test. He's refused that the first time. I had to wait eight weeks. And then the second time, the minute court was about to start he he's gonna submit a drug test okay it's took a further eight weeks yeah no drug test has been done and now i've got to wait until another court date for another drug test so altogether it's been 16 weeks right um, is is that right to, to hold up the drug test back for that length of time well who has the children jesse you or him me and yeah. who who wants who, who wants the contact you or him him then he's not interested, is he? Let's be honest. If no, he, he's not yeah. interested. So thank I, you for saying that. So you you um, are putting a lot of pressure on yourself, Jesse, to make sure yeah. that your child has a relationship with the dad, and I totally get that. But if yeah. he's not willing to do the drug testing, walk away. Let him put the effort in. And don't worry about it. And your, your question to me was, is that common? I'm glad to say it's not common, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. There are lots of dads out there that simply refuse yeah. to do the drug testing because they know it's going to be a positive result and they don't want that's to admit right. to, to using. Um, well, I've still got to go to court, though. That's the thing. Like, he's still making me... Go, like, I've still... He's, the court's still going on. Yeah, but when you next no. go back to court, you would simply say to them, look... This is the third time. I think his application should be dismissed. He's not taking it seriously and he's wasting my yeah. time. Yeah, he's definitely not taking it seriously. He's yeah. just messing, messing it about. Yeah. And he doesn't have no interest in my child at all. Yeah. If you ask the court, that tell them that you want his application dismissed, they have to then look at that and deal with that. Oh, yeah. Ask for it to be dismissed. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Jesse. Bye. All right then, Darwin. Carla B, what's your question? Uh, my mum passed away two years ago. <laughs> Sorry and, to hear that. Um, she wasn't married to her partner. They had a mortgage together. I don't know if the mortgage was paid off on the property that they shared. When she was diagnosed with cancer, she basically survived the four weeks. So in that four weeks, um, she'd got solicitors involved or with my help as well and got a written tenants in common um, signed between her and her partner. Yeah. Um, so they both signed it, it was dated it and given in. Um, and she also done a will. In the will, um, it's said in the will that myself and my three siblings would have my mum's share of the property. Yeah. But the thing is that she's put in the will um, that her partner w- is to leave the property within six years and sell and obviously two years ago my mum passed so it's now only four years he hasn't been given the will um due to obviously it being quite raw to begin with but now we feel um that he needs to be given the will um we we worry that he's going to sort of come up with something that he needs to stay in the property because the discussions between him and my mum were that they were to live there for the rest of their lives together which is understandable um, but it just puts myself and my siblings in an awkward position. Um, we don't really have much contact with him at all. And the questions that we need to answer really is, do we need to do anything legally before we give him the will to protect our side of the things? So, Carla, the reason that I let you continue with your question is because I wanted everybody else to hear the extent of that. There's so many people ask me about probate matters. But unfortunately, it it's not family. 
it's it's probate um, and I know it's confusing because it involves a family but family yeah, law yeah. is just divorce finance and children um, right. it, it doesn't deal with with matters of, of, of um, you know of the deceased so what you need to do is you mm-hmm. need to find a solicitor that specialises in probate because whilst it's not contested at the moment your mum's estate it could yeah. be and I think that's your worry um, yeah. I mean, the good news is that what I can tell you is because the property is held as tenants in common, your yeah. mum's share of the property will not go to him. It will go to whoever yeah. she nominated in her will. Now, yeah. he could contest that will and say that, well, yeah. I, I need to stay here. But that's where a probate solicitor will be able to tell you the prospects of him succeeding in that. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so probate solicitor Carla, but uh, you know the great thing is at least it wasn't a joint tenancy because had it been a joint tenancy, yeah. then her share would have gone straight to him. But at yeah, least she this made way, sure that that was done before that happened. So I think oh, she knew well what was done. going on. She knew what was going on. It was just on. that sticky situation of she, you know, she'd put a time on, yeah. time on it. So. Yeah. Oh, fair play. No, I'm sure you'll be fine. But speak to a probate solicitor would be my suggestion. Lovely. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Carla. Bye bye. Thanks. Detailing, I think is how I say that. Um, so it's a bit of a uh, well. I'll try and keep it brief. Basically, we've my my wife and I decided to divorce. We still live in the same house. Yeah, which is a bit awkward. Um, our last mediation session, um, <clears throat> I made an offer of sixty forty to my wife, looking at her finances, etc. And we've done a disclosure, etc. To the mediators. Yeah. She then came back and said, "No, she wants more." But that leaves me in a position where I wouldn't be able to settle. We've agreed 50-50 custody of the kids and that we'll split everything down the middle financially for the kids. Yeah. But um, obviously, if I was to give her any more than the the 60% I've already offered out of the equity of the house, I wouldn't be able to settle myself and have somewhere that where I could house the dog and the kids. Right. Um, so am I okay? Because, again, I pay all the bills and the mortgage in the house. I don't have spare cash to get legal um i have yeah. had the one hour consultations and the two different solicitors have both said 50 50 yeah um but am i okay to stick to my guns at 60 40 which i'm just trying to be fair to her to be honest yeah i, I mean absolutely there's there's nothing to say that you shouldn't do that i think the important thing is as long as you've had that hours hours advice which i always recommend so that you know what you're entitled to then you can negotiate from a much stronger position so yes if if you've been told from a solicitor 50 50 and you're actually offering her 60 percent is that is that right you're offering her yeah, 60 correct, yeah. yeah well because then she keep earns going less than i do so i understand yep. that from a borrowing power she has she, less she to borrow as much. yeah and that's exactly how the court are going to look at it as well so yeah, stick stick to your guns. Okay, all right, thank all right. you. It's You're just welcome. obviously some threats have been made about. What? Why? So does she think that she's entitled to more than sixty percent? Then is that is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's there's potentially something else going on there. You know, I I, I often find in family law that people aren't able to negotiate fairly maybe if they haven't obtained closure if there's still some underlying resentment or some underlying angst going on it does distract from being able to negotiate properly um yeah. and it might be that you're up against that but you have to be fair to both parties and the court will certainly want to do that i mean the issue yeah the issue is she chose to have the divorce it wasn't my choice it was hit it came down on me like a ton of bricks i came out of nowhere oh dear Oh, um, so I've kind of got over that and the emotional side and I've kind of resorted to when both solicitors have said you need to try and make it more of a, a business transaction than yeah, an emotional one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's good advice. Okay. All, all right. right. Well, all the best. It's been a great help. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Ghostbird, you are next up. What's your question? Hi. Yeah. So um, at the moment, I'm helping my brother um, through the courts with a C100. Yeah. Um, his ex withheld custody earlier in the year and we've had the CAFCA safeguarding and we've had the FHDRA yes yeah for HEDRA Um, basically during the CAFCA safeguarding his ex claimed that he was violent and he shouldn't be allowed near his son Um, but the court did rule interim contact every other weekend yeah and they've ordered a section 7 yep 
um, one of the things that they said was that they both had to produce medical letters from their GPs and cover the cost themselves. So he's been and got his because he he's actually partially sighted and she's said something about his sight. So he's gone and got his letter and we've sent that across to the court. And we received her letter yesterday. Yeah. And hers is meant to address her mental health because she's got borderline personality disorder. Okay. But what she's done is she's sent the court a letter that was written by a psychiatrist in 2019 and right. submitted that. Okay. So so how do we contest it? Well, you don't... You, you that isn't what they asked for at all. What, and you'd say that to the court? You'd say that, you know, that your understanding of the direction made by the court was this, but actually what's been submitted into evidence is this. And the court will need to redirect mum to file and serve what she should have filed and served in the first place. And will they do that? Yeah. Yeah, because they, the, no, no, they've already the made a decision. We've got is that the child is at risk, but no one seems to be paying attention to it. The, the second part of this I just wanted to ask was we know that she has a personality disorder. We hadn't mentioned it because we were waiting for it to come out naturally. And she uses drugs. And we did ask for a hair strand drug test in court and they said there wasn't any evidence for that to be purposeful. But she's actually put together what she thinks is a court bundle and sent it to us, Mm -hmm. even though there is no bundle. And I've asked this question to a few people and, and not a lot of people know how to answer this because it's so unusual, but she's sent us social services reports on herself and lots of stuff that she's written up about herself and different things which actually address her drug use right so what's your question um, of me so, so how do we now now we're in the process because we've we've had the section seven ordered but we've we've now had nothing now the next date is in february but how do we use the stuff that she's sent to try and get that drug test now who am i who do i contact because it's so Only- random that she sent it to us anyway only the court can give you permission to file things with the court. So any evidence yeah. that you wish to rely upon, you have to get permission from the court to file that, okay? So, I, so do I so, just email them? No, no, no. You, you'll get permission at the next court hearing. So at oh, the next okay. court hearing, you will ask for permission and you would attach it to a statement, or your brother will, um, by way of an yeah. exhibit, so uh, you'll wait for the next court hearing and you'll bring up anything else that you think you might need because the next court hearing is not a final hearing, I'm assuming. It'll be another no, directions hearing. It's the uh, Section 7, like, presentation hearing. Well, it's a directions hearing. completed it. Yeah, it'll be a yeah. directions hearing. And CAFCAS will be making recommendations. And it's at that point that your brother will ask for more directions. One of them will be... Oh, okay, okay. Okay, does that help? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's perfect. Lovely. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks, bye. Uh, Rebecca, what's your question? So I started divorce divorce proceedings with my husband a couple of months ago. Yeah. Unfortunately, he decided to attempt to take his own life as a result of my actions. um, And he's been left with brain damage. Um, I'm I'm the main and only breadwinner in the house. And we discussed before the brain damage happened uh, around how we could um, give him spousal payment because um, obviously he doesn't work and I do. My question is, and it may be a case of having to wait and see until we know how the brain damage pans out, will he now be considered a dependent adult and will I have to pay spousal payments for the rest of his life as a result of his actions? Or would it still be a case of spousal payment for a set amount of time, like my solicitor suggested when I first filed? Yeah, well, first of all, Rebecca, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, that That is really quite sad. Um, you are still married legally, and obviously if he is unable to work and provide for himself because of his you know, condition, um, then that will have a bearing on you. However, um, it it 
the, 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 some would suggest there's an argument there that it can't go on forever because it was sort of out of your control what he did. It was well within his control and completely out of your control. So whilst I would say that he may qualify in the initial period, I don't think he'll qualify in the long term for ongoing spousal maintenance. And of course, it remember, it, it relies on other things as well, how long you've been married and what your income is and what you need in terms of the children. Because I'm thinking that, you know, if he's... I'm afraid, but I've been married for 24 years. Yeah. And like I say, I'm on a higher tax, bra- ta- tax bracket, but he earns nothing, yeah. literally nothing, not even any benefits from the government. Well, when as, as soon as he's well enough, he's going to have to claim his benefits because he is expected to mitigate his circumstances, which means claiming any benefits he's entitled to. And from there then, there may be an element of spousal maintenance, yes. It will all depend, it will all depend on his condition, Rebecca, and what it, what it prevents him from doing, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, I mean, I've asked my solicitor to put the divorce on hold until we know the long-term impact of the brain damage. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, I don't want to be married to him forever. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a reason why I wanted to leave him, you know? Yes. It hasn't changed. Yeah, bless you. You're in such a difficult position. I think, as you say, at this point, all you can do is wait and see. And All right. because I'm a tenant in common, he can't chuck me out of the house or anything like that in the meantime, either, I'm guessing. No, 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 no. Um, by the Brilliant. sounds of it, he won't be fit to, but absolutely no. Yeah. No, you'll you'll be fine, Lovely. Rebecca. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, Thank you look you. after yourself. Okay, bye-bye. Rach Elf, you are next on the list. Form E, him not complying, gone to court, first hearing, didn't bring his Form E, um, order put in place. And it comes to the second court date on the 13th of July. Uh, again, not complying, wanted to defer the FDR because stuff wasn't, he hadn't done stuff. Um, and uh, my land solicitor ordered a, a D11 and an N26. The judge granted it, but not all of it. Anyway, more, more things that needed to be met by certain dates. Um, I run out of money. I have to now represent myself. Um, there's still things outstanding from the order in July and they haven't been met. I've tried four times to email his solicitor um, and it's only me having to ring up um, today that she's emailed me back and she's saying that January is going to be a failed FDR. And... Uh, yeah, is there anything that I can do? Um, well, just sort of sanction him, like you know, the D eleven, because he wasn't, you know, doing as he's told as such. Yeah, and dragging his feet. Um, I just, I it, don't know. I'm just at a loss. Yeah, know. it it depends, Rachel, on what it is that you are looking for in terms of settlement as to whether or not the FDR is going to be effective or not. So what I mean by that is that. You're obviously supplying all of your papers and all of your evidence. So your financial position is laid bare, whereas his Mm -hmm. isn't. Now, it might be that you need to know his financial position in order to get a true and fair settlement. Or it might be that you already know what his financial position is and you know that you want the house, for example. Okay, so whilst... The other side are probably right in saying the FDR will be ineffective because documents are missing. It depends on what you're looking for because you're well within your rights to go to court and say, you know what, I'm not in agreement to keep adjourning because he's messing me about. He's had plenty of opportunity to provide these papers and I want the matter listed for a final hearing. Give him until the final hearing and what he hasn't supplied, well, we'll just proceed without those papers because the court does have the power to make an order in his absence or in the absence of his paperwork. But it does come down to whether or not you need that paperwork in order to know what you're entitled to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I just know that he's hiding stuff and I I can't prove it. So if I can't prove it, then and, essentially... And well, I, and I, I hear this a lot. And my, my answer to that is always, is it worth proving? You know, is he hiding millions? Is he hiding hundreds of thousands? Because sometimes if he's only hiding tens of thousands, even if it's that much, it's just, sometimes it's worth just walking away from it. 
It, de- yeah. it depends what you think he's hiding. I think essentially all I'd like to walk away with is the house, if I'm totally honest. Okay. Um, and I just know he won't. He won't go for that. Then it's got to go to a final hearing, and I wouldn't be agreeing any more adjournments because he hasn't pulled his finger out and and provided the paperwork. So, in because so this letter that she sent me now, what do I say? That basically what I what I proposed, and that I want the house. Well, if not, then just you 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 can do you absolutely. I mean, you've had legal advice. I'm sure you've been told before this point what you're legally entitled to. Um, you know, if if the letter came across my desk to say we're not ready for an FDR, I'd go back and say, why? Why aren't we ready for an FDR? Because it's her client that's not ready for an FDR. Well, that's not your problem, really, is it? No, no, not at all. Her letter just seemed like she was just blaming me. Yeah. Because I'd become that's, a in person. Yeah, that's, that's strategy. D- don't, just ignore that. That's just strategy. Um, yeah. and, and ultimately... You, you usually you have to put forward an offer, um, an open offer before an FDR. So if you want to use this opportunity to put your offer forward, by all means do. Um, but mm-hmm. I think you should go along to court and at least tell the court how you're feeling. You know, he, yeah. he, he's not, he's, you know, you, you've spent all your money. You're now having to represent yourself. It's just simply not fair. Spell it out to them. Okay. Um, sorry, last thing. Shut up. Yeah. Um, do I have to apply to the court for the same judge and for a Mackenzie friend as well? You do have to make an application to have a Mackenzie friend there, um, but and 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 you you kind of have to get the permission from the other side. Well, not the permission, but the agreement for them to be there. Generally, people don't mind a Mackenzie friend attending, but yes, you will have to make an application. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay then. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. For taking so long. That's all right. Bye. Kaylee. you are next up on the list. Um, so I've got my initial hearing on the 12th of December. Yeah. Of the order, um, an allegation has been made by the father saying that I obtained passports without his prior knowledge of agreement. Yeah. But I actually have messages between us where he provided his passport details to me and even offer to go halves on the passports. Okay. So what do I do in regards to the initial hearing? Do I take anything with me to prove it or So what's what's his application first of all? What's he applied for? I've so basically I stopped contact in May due to safeguarding concerns. Yeah. And I actually applied for the C one hundred myself. He didn't. Right. Um uh, so what's, so you, what's your just, what's your application for? Well, I just done the application because I thought I had to because I stopped contact. So what what's it for? What are you asking the court but, for? Oh, sorry, um, for so seeing the children, I want it to be swapped to supervised. Right. Okay. And what's he um, and what's he saying? So he's saying that he well, Kafka's done their initial report back in. June and they said that they had no initial concerns but they put us down to go to court for initial for first hearing dispute resolution um Kafkas also advised that he does a medical disclosure um so they were the only the three things that come out of that and then the other two points were the fact that I took the children out of jurisdiction without his prior agreement and I got their passports without his prior knowledge or agreement. Okay, I think we, we, we've got to be clear, Kaylee. If, if he wishes to oppose the application for the passports or the fact that you've got them, then mm-hmm. you will provide the evidence that you have of the text messages. But by yeah. the sounds of it, he hasn't made an application. You have. You're yeah, asking no, for like contact that. to be... Su- yeah, so I've just said you're asking for contact yeah. to be supervised... So is he objecting to supervised contact? Is he yeah, saying, well, okay. Uh, well, I don't really know. I, I, all I know is that I've got to go to the court in December. Well, go, go, go in December and, and find out exactly what, what his position is. You know, what, what I would say, Kaylee, if you had safeguarding concerns and didn't want your children to have a relationship with him because it, it jeopardised their safety, then you can mm-hmm. just stop contact. You don't then have to make an application for anything. 
okay no, see i didn't know that at the time. that's fine cover myself that's I fine right in recent weeks the school like safeguards have raised concerns about things that he's doing like put his the stuff that he's putting on social media in regards to the children so it sounds like it's yeah. gonna it sounds like it's gonna play out kaylee because you you have overwhelming evidence to support your safeguarding concerns yeah i i wouldn't be one bit worried at the fact that you've applied for a passport and he's saying you didn't get my permission that's the least of his concerns you know mm. and for you um, i mean my first question would be does he even want contact you know so i, th- he, I think he, he does want contact but he wants it to be what it was before so him yeah. having them for weekends and stuff but i mean he's he's moved in with his new partner and moved over an hour away yeah so i don't know how he thinks it's going to go back to how it was because prior to that it was living with his parents and the children were saying his parents and they don't want to go to his new partner's home and stay for the weekend. As I say, I think it's the safeguarding concerns that, that's going to get you out of jail here. You, you'll be absolutely mm. fine. Okay. All so right. I don't need to take anything along with my initial hearing or should I take it just in case? You can take it just in case, but you won't be asked to present any evidence. You've got no permission to file anything. Yeah, that's the thing. And it doesn't say anything about submitting anything on the paperwork. Yeah. So I just feel like he's clutching at straws with the fact that I've got their passports. But he gave me his passport details for me to apply for them. It's fine, Kaylee. Don't don't focus on that. Focus on the welfare concerns. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for your help. Bye-bye. Mother's maiden name. You are next on my list. The question is, is how long does it take for the whole process to, to come to court? I had contact with the kids. Yeah. And now she stopped contact under safeguarding issues. She's saying that I'm abusive. Yeah. So we, we, we were going through mediation and I had the C100 and we're in the process of going for an extra day in custody just have to have 50-50. Yeah. She's refused that under, I believe, money. Um, she'll be losing the benefits and ch- uh, child maintenance. So she's made now saying that she's exercising her parental rights and she's just got safeguarding issues and she doesn't want me to have any contact with the kids, which I haven't seen for two weeks. So now it's how does the whole process, how long will it take before I actually see them again? Um, well, I can't answer that, but the process itself, once you submit the C100, is that what you're going to do? You're going to submit an application? C100 yeah. form? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going yeah, to submit that. I'm yeah. looking for social services so, to be in touch because I've never had a face-to-face with them. And yeah. Just to actually see what the allegations are that she's made who's made them yeah what context etc etc so that's what we're waiting for now that's not till thursday so she said she's going to apply for an emergency court order but i haven't seen her for two weeks okay so if if she's applying for an emergency court order you might be before the court in a couple of weeks time okay can't guarantee there'll be any orders made for you to have contact with the children because obviously if the safeguarding concerns raised the court's going to want to investigate those if you make an application just using a general C100, you may wait up to three months to get a hearing date because the courts are so swamped at the moment. But again, that's just the length of time the process is taking. Your question to me is how long before I see my children again? I honestly don't know because if she's raising allegations, they might have to be heard at a fact-find hearing, for example, and that could, that could take months. Okay. So I'm not no. sure, sorry. You know, no, I've got... The, the, the allegations are being squashed by the police. The allegations are being squashed by social services. The allegations are being squashed by the right. schools. Well, the allegations... Yeah. If she makes an application to the court for a court order, the allegations have to be squashed by the court. All right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm making an application for the court order. Okay. It doesn't matter who makes it. If, if, you, if you're looking for an order from the family court to see children, then the court will have to squash those allegations as well. The fact that everyone else has squashed them, that's great evidence and that's great support for your case, but they will have to do that. Okay, yeah. All right? Great. All right, good luck. Bye. Sal Burton, you're up next. What's your question? First question is, I had an initial um, court order, temporary court order, uh, until the court had a Kafka's and social service report. Yeah. um, Back in, from September 28th. Yeah. So... The first judge made order that my ex-husband should have been made my kids available who are 
two years old and 10 years old and my 10 year olds on the spectrum of being autism um, to make available, which he failed to do it. Um, and then I had a court order, well, not court order, but I had a court last week on Thursday and my ex-husband bluntly lied to the court saying that my 15 years old daughter should have been child in exchange which she doesn't want to, she feels uncomfortable. And he's like, oh no, the court has missed that claw. I was like, no, that's not the case. And judge was a bit aggressive towards me. And it's like, well, you need to make the kids available. And if that's father wants to do, is 15 year old kids supposed to do child exchange while she does not want to have a relationship with her dad due to his domestic abuse? What's child exchange? Basically, he's supposed to um, bring the children from Bugate, which is public um, area, to my gate, which is five metres. And my ex-husband demanding that my teenager would come out and take my two-year-old child, which she does not want to. I spoke to social services. I've, I have spoken to Kafka's, and they both agreed that it's too much burden on 15 year old child is what? this something that she should be doing sorry i'm i'm, I'm a little confused so the question you're asking you're... my ex-husband wants my teenage daughter to come out and take her siblings yeah for me to have um contact and my 15 year old child say she does not want to have any contact with her dad and he's forcing because she wouldn't come out. He's literally bringing the child. Okay, so can I can I just jump in? I appreciate that you're trying to help me understand, but you've said the same thing three times. So essentially, he wants your 15-year-old to take your two-year-old from the front door to the back gate. Is that it? Yeah, and she doesn't want to. Um, and social services <laughs> and Kafka said she shouldn't be doing those things because it's too much for her. And even judge said, I'm not going to make a judgment on 15-year-old child because she's a minor. You need to make the children available. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the pressure shouldn't be placed on a 15-year-old to make a two-year-old available for contact. I don't think that's, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what dad's saying, to be fair. What you're he telling that that's what judge told in the court order. Well, that, Sal, that's not what yeah, was I mean, I can't answer that because I, do, I can't see the order and, and, I, and I wasn't in he, court. He clearly states that uh, my teenager was appointed as emergency contact only, right? In the court order, all right. Well, then you well, then Sal, you've got nothing to worry about, then you've got nothing to worry about. And if she doesn't oh. want to bring the child out to the back gate, then she doesn't have to. She said, I don't want to be, because of uh, emotional abuse, domestic abuse that she witnessed towards me. Okay. She said, I do not feel comfortable to be put in the position. And I said, and I've been recording his drop-offs. He brings the baby. Yeah. And he drops off. Okay. And he's sat in the court and said, she's recording me. And that's what court order was said. I said right. That's not what it was said. All right. And judge kind of believed him and said, you being awkward. I was like, I'm not being awkward. That's why I've been advised. I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure I can I can add anything to it, Sal. I mean, if, if you've got the order and it's clear, then I'm not sure I can add anything to that. To follow the order would be my guidance, okay? Yeah, that's that's what I've done. Great. That's what I've said. Brilliant. My second question is, uh, regarding the house, um, we had a matrimonial agreement back last year in August that he agreed that I'm going to be entitled to the house 75% because he's not paying the mortgage, even if it's a joint. And I'm paying the mortgage since he left. And now he's claiming that he's 50-50. Can I use that um, as evidence? So if the house is in if the house is in joint name, Sal, it doesn't really matter who's paying the mortgage. It's still a joint asset, all right? Because what we would say is that you have been having exclusive use of the property, and therefore you should be paying the mortgage. But that's a fairly loaded question, which you should really take some legal advice there because it doesn't come. To, it's not as black and white as that. Do you know what I mean? No, but I know that. 
but he agreed with the solicitor's agreement that he, I have evidence that he agreed with solicitor. Well, if he's agreed, so, sorry, Sal, I'm just really struggling this evening to, to understand the question. If he's agreed with the solicitors, what's your question? That he's no longer in agreement? Can I submit that as that I'm 75% of holder of the house and he's 25% of the house? absolutely yes absolutely you you can submit that if he's already agreed however if he disagrees with that position now then you may not succeed in what you're saying that's what i'm trying to say wow okay all right yeah thanks so much you're welcome thank you you're all right thank you sir you too bye sal calador you're next up um, we've spoken before. Um, it's just a quick one. Um, won't take up much of your time. Um, basically, over a year ago, um, we had a court order <coughs> put in place between me and my ex for my five-year-old daughter. Basically, starting off as um, two hours every other weekend um, under supervision. Things have moved on uh, really well from then, and uh, we... Uh, co-parent integrating really well um, and it's now changing to um, every other weekend I'll be having her from Friday to Sunday um, there was nothing outlined in the court order um, only um, to have six months supervised and then six months unsupervised um, should I go back to the court uh, for one saying that it um, is every other weekend or should we just leave it at what is what it is at now so after the six months of unsupervised what then how, how was the order worded then it just it just states um the the court order just states uh six months in a supervised setting yeah six months um in the community yeah and then there's nothing else after that. Well, is there, is there a clause that says any other contact as can be agreed between the parents or any anything like that at all? No other clauses at all, no. And it's definitely finished and you don't have to go back to court? That's correct, yeah. Okay. So can you and the other parent agree on the contact moving forward? Yeah, so oh, okay. Agree. Great. Um, well, if, if you can agree, then the court won't want to see you. So if you guys can agree on a regular pattern that you're both happy with, you can just start doing it. You don't actually need to have a court order in place. And by the sounds of it, you won't be breaching one either. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So just crack on. Yeah. And then hopefully nothing goes wrong and we don't have to go to court. Absolutely. Yeah, just crack on. Yeah. Perfect. Cheers, Tracy. You're Happy welcome. Evening. You too. Thank you, Calador. Bye-bye. Hello, Nana Nine. How are you? I have my first uh, mediation with my ex-husband. Yeah. In regards to finances. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask, is there anything in particular that, in your opinion, um, I need to be prepared for apart from mentally? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, is there anything, you know, that I... So I think I think when it when it comes to you said finances nana nine yeah Yes, yeah. Did, yes. So when it comes to finances, the starting point is always to make sure you know exactly what the assets are in the marriage and you know exactly yes. what the debts are in the marriage. So mm-hmm. if you have any um hesitations or if you if you if you don't know then ask him so use mediation so have a list of questions that maybe you need clarifying with regard to that if you do know and you're pretty confident that you know um financially the position of the marriage then you might want to give some thought to what it is that you're looking to get out of it and how mediation can help you so then i'd be going along with potentially just some bullet points of what i want you know do i want to keep the dogs do i want to get half the house do i want to have the car that sort of thing because what i would be doing is testing the water at mediation and saying well look this is what i'm hoping to get out of it this is what i'm hoping to to walk away with um you know what what is it that you want so it depends where you are what information you need to know as to how mediation can help you but ultimately the aim of mediation is to help you both reach an agreement to facilitate you reaching an agreement 
Yeah. So the thing is, um, we've had questions asked um, through our solicitors um, prior to the meeting. Yeah. Um, but those questions weren't asked, uh, weren't answered by him. Okay. Um, so he avoided those questions. Um, so what I'm worried about if when we do do the mediation, if those cr questions were asked, um, yeah, he, he, you know, he he wouldn't. He wouldn't like that, and um, well, worried about his re reaction. So, so that's why, prior to the mediation, I wanted to know those questions. Yeah. So, so I think I hope you can hear me, Nana, because you you cut off there at the end. Can you still hear me? Oh, where's she gone? I'm going to keep talking yeah. in the event that Nana can still hear me. Um, so, what I would say, Nana, is that essentially, oh, where's she gone? She's gone completely. Oh no, there she is. Um, is that essentially you want to be using mediation to try to help him understand that without the answers to these questions, you're not able to move forward. Um, so rather than saying to him, answer these questions, I need to know, answer these questions, just, you know, the reason that I need these questions answering is because of A, B and C. And without the, the knowledge or the, or the answer to those questions, I can't actually agree a settlement. And clearly, if you've both engaged solicitors, you both want to get a settlement. So that would be my answer to that. I hope that's helped. And apologies that you dropped out at the end. Right. Uh, Bethany, you're next. What's your question? So I have a child arrangements order. We had lengthy family court proceedings around mine is now nine-year-old. Um, and they concluded... <laughs> September, October last year, we have yeah. a child arrangement order. And then off the back of that, I also got a non-molestation order. So all of the contact with his dad is through my partner. Right. And um, so shortly after the child arrangements order was made, which said that I had contact every second weekend and half of the holidays. Um, my nine-year-old told me that he didn't want to come every second weekend because I live in London and he lives in Lancashire. And he basically was traveling most of Friday evening yeah. for Saturday and then traveling most of Sunday home. So he didn't want to do that anymore. He said it was too much messing about for such a short time. Yeah. Um, and I sort of felt like putting my foot down about it. But the family court proceedings was really difficult for all of us. Yeah. And I didn't want to drag it out and make it messier. So I agreed. I said, look, you don't have to come. We'll just keep it to the holidays. Um, so now we're coming up to Christmas um, and dad is saying that. He's going to allow my son to decide whether he's coming for Christmas or not. And um, the order specifically says that we are to alternate Christmases. Um, right. And I haven't had him for Christmas since he was six. So I obviously want him for Christmas. He's saying that he wants to be at dad's um, and dad is not going to make him come for Christmas. So I have avoided going back to court up to now. There have been other smaller issues, um, but I feel like I have to sort of make a point with this one. So I have a couple of questions. What, the first one being, if I were to apply for an enforcement of the order now, would it? Would I even get to court before Christmas? Would there be any point? Uh, no. Um, ha, ha, first of all, Bethany, how old is the child? He's nine. Okay. Um, no, so the answer to that question is you, you wouldn't. I mean, you're going to be applying to the courts in Lancashire because that's where the child lives, essentially. Yeah. But you, you, we've, how many weeks have we got? Six weeks? Probably not. You're probably not going to get an in before Christmas now. Okay. So I'm really sorry. So the other question then would be, because I'm still debating whether to bother enforcing it at all or whether to just suck it up and deal with what we're left with at this stage. I don't want to put my son, obviously, through any more of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but the other question would be then, as far as I can see, when Harry decided he didn't want to come at weekends, I view that as uh, the order has been varied by consent because Dad didn't particularly object to that. He whinged about it a bit, but he didn't adamantly say, no, that's not the order. We're not doing that. And that's and it's been that way since. So, But I am sure that if I were to go back to court to enforce this over Christmas, he would say, well... It was all right for the, the child to decide in that regard. So why is it not all right for him to decide now? Like, have I, have I done myself in, 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 in doing that, basically? 
It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because at nine, he's he's too young, really, to be making those sorts of decisions. You know, um, yeah. at, at nine, adults should be making the decisions for him. I totally understand why you said to him at nine, look, if you don't want to come down to London, that's absolutely fine. The trouble that you have, Bethany, is that where there is a large gap in contact, it's really hard then to start that up again. So if he's only yeah. coming in the holidays and now he's not going to start to come in the Christmas holidays I think it, it it's in his best interest to see you um, and there's yeah. no good reason why he shouldn't be seeing you and he will benefit from having a relationship with you so whilst yeah. you might not be able to get in for Christmas I think I would be getting categorically from dad that you know he's either not going to let you see him or the child doesn't want to go um, and then I'd be taking it back to court and as much as it was okay. difficult before otherwise you might be sat in three or four years time when he's 12 thinking why didn't I make more of a push do you know what I mean yeah and, and I can well, totally see between why did I go at all and yeah why didn't I go further it's really difficult yeah know, yeah when you're in the middle of it I know yeah and and, and you, you try and do what's best at the time and it's hard to know sometimes what's best to do but I, I would be pushing because I think in the long run you'll be glad that you did and more importantly so will your son yeah definitely I just just one more thing just before I jump off um so part of the reason that the the contact obviously the distance is, is a massive issue I have uh, twin three-year-olds who are autistic and so when I was doing the travel for for contact I was doing all of the travel and I was having to take them with me yeah and so I was saying to the court I appreciate that the court is not concerned with the welfare of these children but I would hope that they would realize that this is having a massive impact on my three-year-olds to be doing six hours travel like twice twice a week effectively or once a week effectively yeah and um, to facilitate this contact and I was saying look I cannot maintain this level of contact so either can I have longer in the holidays or you know fewer weekends or something to to sort it out or maybe dad can do some of the travel and in the end when it came down to it um as is often the case they left everything exactly as it was and so I still have to do all of the contact travel with my small children so if I was to go back to court and they were to say the same again, that it was every second weekend, I cannot sustain that. Like, I can't put my other kids through all of that travel. And I think I think you'd have to explain that to the court. You'd have to explain that. Where did you originally start from, Lancashire or London? Uh, so it, it was actually the father made an application to the family court in Liverpool. So well, Lancashire. Uh, as, okay. So so you, you left Lancashire and moved to London? Yeah. Okay, all right. So yeah, all, all you can do, Bethany, is tell the court that the travel's too much for the other children. Um, sometimes yeah. it's a consequence of the move, um, you know, to, yeah. to, to, I mean, to knowingly... I've done it up to now because I moved here when Harry was two. Yeah. So I've done it as long, literally as long as I physically can, but yeah. I have other children now and I yeah. just can't. I just yeah. can't anymore. Yeah, I mean, and, um, yeah, and 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 I think I think let let the court know of that and and insist on either that or you just see less of Harry maybe once a month. Yeah. All right. And what is it that I would go back for? Would I be going back to vary the order, or would to, I to in, to enforce it really? Well, a bit of both, I okay. suppose. To enforce and to vary depends yeah. on if you want to change the travel. Okay. All right. All right. I'll go and have a look at that then. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye bye. Mike, you are next up. What's your question? Basically, um, we got a child arrangements order at uh, the end of August, so it's still quite new, um, put in place. But since then, there's been a lot of um, issues where um, the mother has changed times or if the children have something on on one of my days, she's supposed to provide me with an alternate day, but then she's given me, say, half the amount of time, so say four hours instead of nine and it's a case of is that or nothing? You don't you don't see them fuss too much. You don't see them. Um, a court order as well says that the children are supposed to come with me on Boxing Day, and now they're apparently saying uh, that they're not going to come on Boxing Day. Um, I'm just wondering what I would have to do if I needed to go back to court to 
enforce the order. So it's it's a C seventy nine, Mike. So that's the form C79. that yeah, that's the form that you would fill in, giving explicit details of you know the the contact that's been missed or the contact that yeah. she says the children don't want to to attend for. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not appropriate, really. Depends on how old the children are. As a rule of thumb, once the children get sort of 14, 15, um, you know, we, they are tending to vote with their feet a little bit more yeah. um, and do their own thing. But I think anything before that, they should be encouraged by both parents. Um, yeah. So, it's, like, in between the contact, is I, I ask her regularly, you know, can I FaceTime the girls or can I speak to them? I don't get any any phone calls or anything in in between because she yeah. just ignores it yeah um i'm not i'm you know not being allowed to go to any school concerts and things like that yeah um, like yeah, that. I mean, with, with with regard to the school, Mike, if you've got an order in place and obviously you've got parental responsibility, you should just tell the school that unless there's a clause in the order yeah. that says you shouldn't. And then the school will put you on their mailing list so you can be notified directly by the school of what's going on and then you can attend yeah, as and I when. I spoke to the head teacher, um, but she's obviously said, well, if your daughter doesn't want you to come to the concert. Oh, it's your daughter. Then, okay. Uh, well... It's, it is and it isn't. Um, yeah. So when they're with me, they're absolutely fine, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we want you. We want to come. Want you to come." And, and then as soon as they go back to their mother, then I'm getting. It's it's like a complete yeah. U-turn every yeah. time, and they're being told stuff that uh, you know. Um, and and it might be that you share that with the school, and maybe the school yeah. can help by having a word with with the children. Yeah. You know, the schools can be the schools can be good like that. So maybe share that with yeah. the head teacher. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. But it's a C seventy nine, Mike, that's what you need. C seventy nine. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Thanks very much. No problem. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Right, guys, that's another evening of Family Law Questions. I hope that you all enjoyed that. And I hope those of you that got to ask me a question got something out of it too, as well as everyone else that's listening. Um, I'm back here again tomorrow at five, five till six. So apologies to those of you still with your hand up, but please come back tomorrow um, and be sure to put your hand up and hopefully we will get to you. Until then, guys, on the Discord, stay safe and I'll speak to you again tomorrow. Bye.